What's up, everyone? This is Joe, and welcome to the Jesus Talks podcast. It is not an accident that you are here listening to this podcast, and I am thankful that you are here. Jesus loves you, and he has so much for you. My prayer throughout this whole podcast is that you can come to know him more in intimacy, you can learn about him, you can grow alongside me, and you can just fall deeper and deeper in love with the gospel and the truth of Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. I love you, I care for you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Peace out. What is up, everyone? I am so glad to be back on a consistent schedule. It's always exciting. But if you're new, welcome to the Jesus Talks podcast. It is a new year. And if you didn't get to see last week's episode or listen to last week's episode, me and my friend Ian, we just dived into some faith questions that you guys had. And it was a super fruitful time for us. And we, we hope that it was fruitful for you guys as, as well. It got a very good um, response. So we're thankful for that. But this week, starting a new series, A Christian's Guide to Surviving High School. I know that a lot of my followers are in high school or in that season of life. So this is really a podcast series that is tailored towards what it looks like for you to practically live set apart and live as a follower of Jesus in a world where that isn't popularized and in a system in a school where that isn't the cool thing or the popular thing to do. So if you are not in high school and, you, and you're hearing this and you're like, oh, what the heck? Like, I'm gonna take two or three weeks off the podcast because you know I'm not in high school, so this doesn't apply to me. I would advise you to keep listening for two reasons. One, this is, this is wisdom that goes beyond high school. This is wisdom that just goes for life, even though it's centered around high school. A lot of the topics and a lot of the themes will help you beyond high school. But number two, you're gonna be a parent one day and you're gonna have high schoolers, and you're also maybe gonna be a mentor or somebody that disciples or pastors people in that age group. So this is still good wisdom for you to know. So I would advise you to really lean in. This is gonna be a, a quicker episode, but a good episode nonetheless. So if you are a high schooler, freshman, sophomore, if you're a junior or senior, and you're like, hey, I love the Lord and I love going to church, but it is just so hard to be bold about my faith in high school. It is so hard to talk about Jesus in high school. It's so hard to live a Christian life in a secular school. This is for you. This episode, this podcast, this series, this is for you. And we're gonna walk through just some really super practical ways to live set apart. Now, I want to start by saying you're probably hearing this terminology, this verbiage, live set apart. And you're like, what the heck does that even mean? Like, what does it mean for me to be set apart? What does it mean for me to be living differently? And we are going to, we're going to have a good time. We're going to go to the book, the gospel of, of John and the reason I'm going to the Gospel of John is because if you know anything about, about the Gospel of John, then you will know that the Gospel of John is the only Gospel that is, is a first-hand account. 
What I mean by that is if you look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, those are all called synoptic gospels. They talk a lot about Jesus's early life, Jesus's ministry, his miracles, his works. The gospel of John is written by John of Zebedee, who got to walk alongside Jesus. He was one of Jesus's favorite and loved disciples, and he got to watch Jesus's ministry firsthand. So a lot of the gospel of John is John giving us wisdom about who Jesus was, what Jesus's character looked like, the things he said, the way that he said that we should live. And it's beautiful because we get to hear right from Jesus what it looks like to live set apart. Because Jesus knew that we were going to be in a world that could have the potential to hate us. He knew the persecution was coming. Don't ever listen to anybody that says getting and living a Christian life is going to make it easier. Because to be honest, it's not. This is going to be a heavy scripture podcast because I just want you guys to land this. So we're going to read from John, uh, John 17. And I'm just going to go ahead and read most of that chapter for you guys. And I'm doing that because it's just so rich and we need to hear it all. So I ask you to get your Bible out, go to John 17. We're going to start in verse six and really listen to these words, really dig into these words, really let them sit and resonate with you. So John 17, verse six, there to give you a little context, they're at the Passover meal. So Jesus has spent the first 13 or 14 chapters, you know, walking in with his disciples, teaching them, doing working miracles, doing incredible things. And now he has come to gather with them to have a meal, which we know now was the last meal he had before he went to the cross. The disciples didn't know this. They thought it was just a normal meal. And what Jesus does at this meal is Jesus uses this meal to really pour into disciples and prepare them for what life is going to look like after he dies and is resurrected, what it's going to look like to practically be a Christian. So you, as a young person, as someone in high school, you can really let these things sit with you. So chapter 17 of the Gospel of John, verse 6. Jesus is saying a prayer right now. He's he's speaking to the Father, and this is his prayer for the disciples right after the meal. Verse 6. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. He's talking to God. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you, for I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. You hear that? We are still in the world. Jesus says, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one who doomed to destruction so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you, Father, now. I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them for they are not of the world anymore. Then I am not of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be truly sanctified. He goes on in verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, 
that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am talking about heaven and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world righteous father through the world does not know you though the world does not know you i know you and they know that you have sent me i have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that i myself may be in them it's a lot of meat in that in that section that was again that was john 17 and just to kind of preface what John is talking about. So like we said, this is Jesus praying to the Father before he's arrested, before Peter denies him, before he goes to the cross. This is his prayer to the Father. He's saying, God, this is what I'm praying over my disciples, over this world, over every Israelite, over every person in Jerusalem. This is what I'm praying for all of them before I go to the cross for them. And his prayer, as you notice, is, is very complex and there's a lot he's asking for. But more than anything, he's saying, Father, let them look to me, let them see my ministry and see my character and see how I was. So now that when I go to the cross and when I'm resurrected and I'm at your right hand, they can live like I lived. He said, I'm, I, I lived here on earth. I did ministry here on earth so they could see what it looks like to follow you. Now I'm going to ascend and I pray that they saw my character and they can live like me. He came down as a man and said, let me live as a man. Let me show them what it looks like to live as a man. Let me walk alongside them and literally mentor, tutor them through what living for him looks like. You may be asking, okay, that's all incredible. What does this have to do with high school? And let's just start at the beginning, right? So I'm going to be as practical as possible with you guys, like I said, because I really want this to land and I want you to take some things away from it. I'm going to set it up. This is a system of, of, of good misconceptions we can say some misconceptions about living as a christian in high school and we're going to kind of disprove them through this chapter cool cool but i want us to pray before we do so so bow your heads father we thank you for this time we get to spend together i pray that this is not a podcast it's more of a conversation it's a conversation a one-on-one conversation for every person that hears this where we can just talk about what it looks like to follow you we can learn about what it looks like to follow you and we can glorify you in the process of learning god We are nothing apart from you. So I pray that you always continue to minister to us, live in us, and care for us in a supernatural way. I pray that we all leave the podcast, this episode, having learned and having grown and having known you in a deeper way. Amen. So what's up, guys? I'm ready to to tackle this. I'm excited about this one because if you guys, you guys know, I was in high school once, (laughs) not too long ago. Now I am uh, pursuing my, my degree in theology and I'm a full-time youth pastor. So I get to work with high schoolers every day and I get to sit down and talk to them and just hear what it's like for them as Christians. And I got to go to school and and spend time in high school as a non-Christian and as a Christian. So I got to see both sides of it. So I I think it'll be a good perspective. The first misconception that I wanna address, and what I mean by misconception is things that people think are true that we're we're gonna show you really aren't. The first misconception is that People say the best way to live as a Christian in high school is to kind of just keep it quiet so that nobody attacks and persecutes you. Just to remain silent and live a better life 
when you're in church, live like a follower of Christ when you're in church and when you're around Christians, but keep it quiet around those who don't know him because, you know, you don't want to cause any waves. It's kind of controversial. And obviously, you know that's a misconception, and I know that's a misconception because here's the thing. I think a lot of us love to be very passionate and loud about our faith when we're around others that believe. But when we get around the people that actually need to hear the gospel, that actually need to know you, the ones that would make fun of you, the ones that would persecute you, we're quiet. But they're the ones that need to know it the most. They're the ones that need to hear it. I think a lot of us are like, well, they're going to make fun of me. They're not going to care. They don't want to listen. Jesus is very specific. If you go back a couple chapters in the Gospel of John, he says, hey, if they hate you, know that they hated me first. So he says, hey, there are going to be people that don't like you. They're going to be people that just because and on account of the fact that you like Jesus and you talk about Jesus openly, they're not going to like you. Those are the ones you're ministering to. You exist in ministry to build up and to spread and grow the kingdom, right? And I'm going to give you some practical tips later on on what it looks like to actually do that. We have to start by knowing that we have to be loud about our faith. There's no other way to live. If you look in Matthew 28, we look at our great commission. Matthew instructs us, and and by by the word of Jesus, he's saying, hey, go out into all the nations. So just this... This, this verbiage of all the nations is saying, not just where you're comfortable, not just where it's easy, not just when you're surrounded by other Christians, go out. And that looks like the specific ministries that you have in your life. As a high schooler, you have a big ministry in high school because there are high schoolers you're going to see in class every day. There are kids you're going to see on the at recess and lunchroom on the playground and, and after school activities and sports that don't know Jesus. And you have the perfect opportunity because you get to see them every day again and again and again for six, seven, eight months. And if you start freshman year, you can see them for four years. And, and here's the thing that I really want to address with this misconception of that we, that we need to be quiet about our faith. You can't be. And if the reason that, and I'll kind of just, you know, I'll, I'll step on your toes a little bit here. If the reason that you're being quiet about your faith is because you're worried that they don't want to hear from you, they don't want to listen to you, you're so mistaken. A lot of us think, hey, if I talk about Jesus out loud, if, I, if I'm public about my faith in high school, everybody's going to judge me. Everybody's not going to want to talk to me. That's not the truth. We commonly assume that every high schooler that doesn't follow Jesus already knows about him and has just made the conscious decision to not follow him. The truth of the matter is there is a lot of high schoolers that have just never had the gospel explained to them. There are some high schoolers that if you just break down the gospel to them in five minutes, they're going to be like, wow, that's incredible. Like, I want to hear more. Let me go to church with you. Yes, there will definitely be some that are like, I don't want to hear from you. That, that's going to be apparent everywhere. But you can't think that everyone's going to be like that. We live in a society that's so based towards social media that we don't know what it looks like to have a real conversation with people. But I'll tell you firsthand, there has been so many people in my life that I've just been like, hey, do you know about Jesus? And they're like, no, like I don't know about Jesus. And I'm like, can I tell you about it? And they're like, sure. And I walk them through the gospel and through what Jesus did for them in about five to ten minutes. And they're sold. They're like, I got to know more. I got to go to church. Like, tell me more. It's, it's really, it's easier than you think it's going to be. We just have to make it a habit to be loud in our faith. The way you act at church needs to be the same way you act in school. So when it comes to this misconception of we need to be quiet about our faith, that is absolutely wrong. We can't. Jesus instructs us to be loud in our faith. He instructs us to be bold in our faith. He said, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world. Jesus doesn't want us to be removed from the world and living just in an isolated Christian society. He says, I want you to keep them in the world, 
and protect them from the evil one. So what he's saying is I want these Christians to live in the world with the people that don't know me, doing the good work of sharing the good news with them. And I pray that while they're doing that, they're protected. Not that they're protected by not being around non-Christians, but that they're protected while they're around non-Christians. We have created this Christian isolationism in our society where we feel like, oh, I only need to be surrounded by good people, by followers of Christ. So we never let ourselves be around the unsaved world and the people that need to hear the gospel the most. And it's a huge miss. Jesus was all about hospitality. He's like, let me eat with sinners. Let me talk with sinners. Let me spend time with them. Yes, he was still being filled by his inner circle of his disciples and the people that knew him. But he he didn't not hang out with people who didn't know Jesus. Like, when's the last time you've gone to lunch or just have like a good hangout at the mall with a non-Christian? I guess Christians, we don't do it. We're like, oh, I can go up and talk to them about Jesus, but like, I'm never going to actually hang out with them. That leads into our second misconception. We believe that it is our job as Christians to just speak out against the non-Christians, to correct them, to condemn them, to tell them that what they're doing and the way they're living is wrong. We think that's our only job. And the, the, the truth is it's not. It's not at all. Your job isn't just to tell them about Jesus. Your job is to love them. Your job is to be in community with them. If you think that you can just go up to every non-Christian and correct them and tell them the way they're living is wrong and the way that you're living is better and they need to start living that way, that may work for a couple people. By the end of the day, what I've seen is the people that I know that didn't know Jesus and have came to know Jesus through knowing me, it wasn't just one conversation. It was me continually, continually investing in them and hanging out with them. Some of them, it took months before I even had a conversation about the gospel with them. Because for me, what I've learned is that if somebody doesn't know that I love them, I can't tell them what they're doing is wrong. I've learned that as a a youth pastor. Before I call, if I'm going to call a kid out, if I'm going to take a high schooler aside and be like, "What you're the way you're living is wrong, I have to make sure that they know that I care about them. Because if they don't know that I care about them, when I come and correct them, they're going to think it's, it's condemnation. They're going to think it's an insult. They're going to think it's me being mean to them. But if I've shown them consistently that I love them and care about them, they're going to know that when I'm correcting them, it's coming from a place of love and care. It's not coming from a place of I'm better than you. So as Christians, well, if, we, if, if we're doing step one right, if we're being loud about our faith, we have to make sure we're also being loving about our faith. We can't be loud and proud and, and making people feel little and small and belittled because that's not how it works. Jesus honored the people that didn't know him. He loved them well. Think about in in the book of Matthew when the Canaanite woman came to Jesus. The fact that a Canaanite woman was even having a conversation with a Jewish Messiah, that's unheard of. And yeah, Jesus made it hard on her. He tested her faith. He he ignored her. He, He moved along, even insulted her at times. But she stayed and he had conversation with her. And he said, and he ended up saying, woman, you have great faith. Just because of one small spiritual moment. I I say that to let us know that these people, we need to be in community with them. We can't just say, hey, I'm never going to hang out with you, but come to this Bible study or come to church. They're not going to come to a Bible study or come to church with you if you haven't loved them. You know what's going to get them to come to a Bible study? If you've gone to lunch with them, if you've hung out with them, if you've been their friend, and then you invite them to something, they're like, oh yeah, that's my friend. I'll go to that. Not like, oh, this person makes no attempt to ever speak to me, but now he's inviting me to come to church. He doesn't care about me. He just cares about checking off a tally mark of salvation in my life. 
It needs to come from a place of love. We cannot be condemning the world that needs to be saved. The other half of that is that we somehow believe that what it looks like to to help someone follow Jesus is just immediately telling them the way they're living is wrong and the way they need to be living is right. Here's a hard truth. If someone doesn't know Christ, then they don't live by the same moral code as you. What is sin to you is not sin to them. Because sin doesn't exist in their life. Because sin is a part of the Christian belief system. If they're not a part of the Christian belief system, if you're like, hey, you're sinning, they're going to be like, sin isn't sin to me. So our job is not to get them to recognize the, the, the horrible nature of their sin. It's to get them to recognize Jesus. And once they're abiding by a, a moral Christian code, then you can talk about their sin. You need to start by talking about love. Yes, you can say that, hey, I'm a Christian and I believe that this is sin. But you can't say, hey, you're a sinner because sin isn't a thing to them until they come to know Christ. It's all about the way we approach. I'm not saying there isn't a time to be real with people. and Being like, hey, with, apart from Jesus, you're nothing. Like Anybody who doesn't come to know Jesus is, is, is not going to in, inherit the kingdom. Like Those are all real truths. And I'm not saying you to ignore, telling you to ignore those truths. I'm telling you to be wise. We have a God that that gives us discernment. And the reason he gives us discernment is to say, hey, be discerning about every conversation you have. Be prayerful about every conversation you have. Don't just walk up to somebody in the lunchroom and be like, hey, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. That's not love. That's you trying to check off a mark to say, oh, I, I told them the truth of the gospel. Truth needs to be delivered in a loving and caring way. You need to have your, your heart needs to break for lost souls. And you need to be so madly in love with sharing Jesus with them. A third misconception that we see in in high school and in schools is this idea that it is our job solely to just walk in there and just to just talk about Jesus all the time. And that's what's going to save them. And you may be like, that's not a misconception. Like talking about Jesus is a great thing to do. I agree. It is a great thing to do. But the problem with that is this. It can't just be your words. It has to be your action too. We've all heard this, you know. Don't just talk the talk, but also walk the walk. It remains true in school. If I'm going to talk about Jesus and talk about this wonderful gospel and this wonderful life he's given me and just all the radical change he's done in my life, it has to be shown in action through the way I live. Think about what John said in the the chapter we just read. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. If you have the full measure of Jesus's joy living inside you, you shouldn't have to tell people that. They should be able to see it. Like, have you ever been in a room full of faithful people and you just get this joyous vibe? Like, you're just like, I just feel good. That's the way it needs to be. And those people that you're like, hey, they don't want to hear the gospel. The ones that don't want to listen to you, they're watching you. They're watching to see how you act. If you're like, hey, follow Jesus, live a, live a life apart from sin, but then you're still going to parties and you're, you're still going and hooking up with people, they're going to say, hey, you're telling me to live a different life, but you live the exact same way I do, and you just slap Christian on the title, but you're not a Christian. They need to see the way you live and see a radical change from how you live compared to how they live. It needs to be better. You want people to look at you without ever having to talk to you at all and be like, he looks so much happier than me. 
He has so much joy. He's so loving. He's so kind. Like, what does he have that I don't have? You want them to be asking these questions before they ever have a conversation with you. I, I can say this from personal experience. Because I, I would post on Instagram about Jesus. I would go to church. I, I would raise my hands in worship. I would talk about how cool Jesus was. But I'd also live a life that didn't reflect him in school. So all these people that know I'm a Christian are seeing me post about Jesus and his radical transformation in my life. But they're also watching me live the exact same way that they do. And they're like, hey, like, that's hypocritical. That's fake. The way that you act could either bring someone to, to know the realness of Christ or it can push them very far away from the realness of Christ. It is your job not just to be an ambassador and not just to be a mouthpiece, but to be an actionable reflection of Jesus. If you think about what an ambassador does for a country, like for instance, our Secretary of State, they're an ambassador for the United States. When they go to other countries, they're there to represent the United States. They don't just say, hey, I'm here to represent the United States. They say, the way that I live, the way that I act, like the way that I talk, like I am here representing my country. So when you look at me and you look at the way that I am and the way that I talk and the way that I act, that is a reflection of the United States. It's the same way for us as Christians. It's, hey, when you look at me, when you hear me talk, when you watch me interact with people, when you see the way I act in school, out of school, on the field, off the field, on the court, that is how Jesus acts. It's hard because... Jesus came down and he was a perfect reflection of the Lord. In his triune nature, he was the Lord. But as a man, he said, hey, let me show you exactly how to live. And he was perfect in ministry for three years. And then he went to the right hand of the father and he said, hey, continue my work. But we're imperfect. And we're like, what the heck? How can I be that way? And it hurts me to know that we are called to represent Christ. And every time, every time we sin, every time we choose to, to, to look away from him, but we call ourselves a Christian. People are looking at us and they're like, oh, so to be a Christian, it means to act that way? And they're like, oh, so if, if you're hateful, if you're condemning, if, if you make all these bad decisions, if you treat people unkindly and they look at you and they're like, oh, but they're a Christian. So that must be how Jesus is. It's the same way with churches, right? Like if you have church hurt, if you have a church that just does not reflect Christ at all, anybody that sees that church is like, oh, that must be how Jesus is. It, it's a tall task because we're wearing this banner of Christ on our chests. We are saying, hey, like when you step into following Jesus, you are saying the way that I act is the way that my Lord is. It's not easy at all. It's hard. I'm like I'll level with y'all. It is hard to be a Christian in high school. But you can do it. You can do it. At the end of the day, you have to understand that the way it's the way that Moses pins it in Psalm 90 is. You know, we need to number our days. The realness and the truth of, of, of Scripture is that Jesus is going to return. Glorification. Jesus is going to return at some point. And it is our job, it is our existence to make sure that people know him. We live in a primary calling to love and to share the gospel with others to make heaven very, very crowded. And that starts in your high schools. You can't live one way at church, but live another way at home. You can't live one way at church and live another way at school, 
the way you act at church needs to be the same way you act at school and the same way you act at home and the same way you act everywhere. You are an ambassador for Christ. You are representing Christ in that school. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then I'm going to come back and talk about some practical tips to doing all of that. What's up? What's up? Let's just continue with right where we were. So now we've talked about, hey, these are some misconceptions. These are some things that I need to know. So what you know now is I'm called to live like Christ in high school. I'm called to talk about him. I'm called to share his gospel. I'm called to love people. What are some practical ways that you can do that? Like some super practical, not like over-spiritualized. Like what are some practical ways that I can live like Christ? And I'm going to give you five or six. Number one, talk to people about him. It doesn't have to be a, hey, blah, 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 blah. It, it can be as simple as, hey, man, like, I was reading this in my Bible yesterday and I thought it was really cool. Or, hey, man, like, how can I pray for you? Or even, yeah, like, there was a time in my life when I was doing this, this, and this, and I was depressed and I was hurting and I was anxious. And then, you know, Jesus, I started to know him and he radically changed my life. Simple conversations. When I go up to a stranger and I spread the gospel, I don't walk up and I don't start throwing scripture at him left and right. I say, hey, like I'm a Christian and this is what Jesus has done in my life and it's crazy and he can do that for you too. It's the small conversations. It's investing in people every day. Ask people how they are. Say, hey man, like what's going on? Like how are you really? Like how is your heart doing? Can I pray for you? Like is there any way I can be praying for you? Like what can I do to help? Like you want to hang out like you want to talk sometime those small conversations as you continue to invest in people they open doors so practical tip number one is simply talk to people and invest in people and care about people and make it consistent you're in school with them every day you're in class with them every day take advantage of those opportunities number two is, is invitations if you're in a youth group a youth ministry invite people youth ministries i know because I, I i'm in one i work in one Youth ministries are built to be attractive to non-Christians. It's like, hey, we have food. Hey, we have games. Like, come by. Like, you'll, you'll hear about Jesus. It'll be cool. Like, it's a bunch of cool people. You can let them meet all of your Christian friends. You can get them some pizza. I mean, like, get them some snacks. Play some nine square. Play some dodgeball. Play some gaga ball. Play some basketball. Get them to come. Invitations all the time. Don't be shy about inviting people. It's a house for the broken. It doesn't matter if they don't know Jesus. They're going to be like, I'm not a Christian. I don't want to go to that. You'd be like, yo, it's fine. Pull up. Invitations. If you have youth group, make it, make it a priority. Be like, this month, anytime we have any kind of event, I'm going to invite this person to it. If you have to be the one that goes and picks them up, be the one that goes and picks them up. Make it as easy as possible. Invitations. Don't try to, you know, privatize your, your faith and be like, these are my people. I'm, I'm going to like puppy guard them and not like, like no invite people to stuff you want to come to youth you want to come to church with me on sunday i have this this cool worship night this cool bible study invite 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 number three and this is like a super super practical one it's not even like this big motivational read your bible at school i can't tell you how many times i would just pull my bible out during like a like a quiet time or like a after a test or in an individual reading time and i would just be reading my bible out in front of everybody and I wasn't reading it to look cool. I was just like, hey, I love to read my Bible. But people are going to see me reading the Bible. And they're like, hey, dude, like, what are you reading? They're like, why are you reading your Bible in school? It, it's a conversation starter. Bring your Bible to school. 
read it whenever you get the chance. And, you know, for me and my friends, whenever we hang out, like, in a public place, what we'll do is we'll, like, we'll just put a Bible on the table. Just so if somebody's walking by and, like, they even see the Bible and, like, they want to talk or they have a question, like, they know the word, like, they know I'm a Christian. People know what the Bible is. Like, that's a super practical one. That's, like, not even a uh, big, that's, like, a super, you know, really specific one. But do it. Bring your Bible to school. And always have a couple Bibles, like, in your car, in a backpack, just in case somebody wants one. Number four, and it kind of bounces off number one, ask people how you can pray for them. It's a perfect thing to ask non-Christians because even if they don't pray themselves, even if they don't go to church themselves, you can be like, hey, bro, like, I'm a Christian and I want to be praying for you, so how can I pray for you? Just for somebody to know that you care enough to pray about them, that's a real thing. And it's also double-faceted because if you want to be somebody that issues and ushers change in a school, pray. Get people's names. Write down names. Like, these are the people that I want to see come to know Jesus this year, and I'm going to pray for them daily. And you can tell them, like, months down the road, like, hey, bro, like, I've been praying for you, and God told me this. Or I've been praying for you for months, and I'm believing for this. Prayer. Prayer is so vital. Number five, and it kind of goes off the first half of what we were talking about. Let your actions be very representative of Christ. Like the way you love people should be radical. The way that you talk to people should just be with kindness. The way that you treat people should be reflective of Jesus. Don't ever let anybody be left out. Be the person that goes and sits down to the guy that has nobody next to him. Be the person that, you know, asks somebody like, you know, like, how are you doing? Be the one that exhorts people. Be like, hey, dude, like, I love the way you do that. Or like, that's so cool. Or like, hey, man, like, let me encourage you. Be that person. Just like let you let yourself be such a reflection of joy and kindness that others are like, I need whatever he has. Number six, another practical one, start clubs. FCA, YCI, Jesus clubs, Christian clubs, Young Life. Get involved in those clubs. Bring Jesus to them. Start a club if your church doesn't have one. Start a Bible study. Have something that's accessible to them. If they don't want to come with you to church, be like, hey, well, I'm going to have this club that meets Friday mornings before school. And like, it's literally at school. So like, you can just come to it. You're already going to be here. Like, come start clubs. I was in YCI and Young Life and FCA when I was in school. And they're all very effective because like I said, you're bringing it to them. You're not forcing them to come somewhere else. Also, this is kind of just like a side practical note. Talk to your teachers about Jesus too. Sometimes you'll have a teacher that has like a really strong faith. And they just haven't told the class about it, you know? So make sure that you're reflecting Jesus to your teachers as well. We think only students, but like everyone needs to know Christ. I hope that some of those were, were super practical. And another cool thing is like, you know, what it comes down to it is I, I can relate with y'all. I know that it's hard. I know sometimes it's really lonely to be a Christian. Everybody's partying, everybody's doing this and that, and you can't go to the parties. You don't want to do the stuff they're doing and it feels very lonely. You don't have a lot of close friends. That's okay. I spent almost all of high school having all my best friends be people that were at my church. So when I went to high school, it was like, yeah, I didn't have any super close homies, but you know, I talked to everybody. I love on everybody. And I was getting my, I was getting my fill from when I was meeting with my Christian friends and I was bringing that up and I was, and I was trying to fill other people up that didn't know Christ. So yeah, this is a shorter episode, but I hope that it was very practical for you. It's kind of just a little precursor into this series. So I definitely want to get more into it. But yeah, I really pray that you can listen to all that. You can take some of those notes and bring them with you. And you can really share Christ with somebody.
I hope y'all have a wonderful day. Peace out. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Talks podcast. I hope that the Lord spoke to you in a supernatural, unique way and that your heart was changed. You can find my podcast on Instagram at the Jesus Talks podcast. And you can also find my personal Instagram as well at Joe J. Dow. Come give it a follow. Let me know in the direct messages what you thought, what you want to hear more of. And until next time, I love you. And Jesus does too.